Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dose of Dental Podcast. The focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate and dental school experiences from dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. Joining us today is Paul DeMarzo, a dental student studying at the University of Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. Paul graduated from Sonnenberg University with a bachelor's degree in health science along with a minor in chemistry. He's now an incoming second year dental student at the University of Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. During his undergraduate years, Paul was heavily involved with the Pre-Dental Society at Sonnenberg, took part in an international dental outreach program in the Dominican Republic, and was also a dental assistant for five years. Hey, Paul, welcome to the podcast. How does it feel being done with your first year of dental school and now entering your second? What's going on, guys? Um, yeah, so I just finished up my first year. Um, it went very well. Uh, it definitely was a little difficult in the beginning adapting to a new environment. Um, but overall, it went pretty well, and I'm excited to you know move forward and uh, learn some more. Hey, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Long time no see. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, you know, uh, where'd you go to school, stuff like that. Yeah, so I grew up on Long Island um, in New York, uh, right like by Stony Brook, maybe 25 minutes away. Um, so I stayed home during undergrad and I went to Stony Brook for four years. Um, and then I applied to dental school at the end of my third year. And then I went straight from undergrad into dental school. And now I'm up here at Buffalo. Yeah, so let's start with um, you know, that dreaded question on every interview. <laughs> um, why dentistry? Why did you choose to uh, you know, pursue this field? Yeah, so I always feel like I wanted to go into healthcare. And then as I was in high school trying to figure out what I wanted to do in undergrad, um, I was talking to my dad one day and I was actually on my way to an orthodontist appointment. And, and my dad asked me, what about you know being a dentist or an orthodontist or something like that? And um, I didn't really know much about it. So I started asking my orthodontist about it. And um, it kind of turned into a thing where I would go in after school and shadow him here and there. And uh, then eventually he hired me as an assistant. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced. And then I, at that point, I wanted to be an orthodontist. I mean, I think a lot of people in the beginning have that idea. At this point, I'm more pursuing general dentistry, but I'm definitely interested in exploring different options as I get through dental school. Um, but I think, you know, as a lot of people realize as they start dental school, that there's so much to offer and um, there's so many opportunities there. So I think what solidified me going into dentistry was that I got more involved in like different things at Stony Brook. I um, got involved with volunteers around the world and I got to travel to Dominican Republic. I think, Siraj, you did that too recently, right? Yeah. So we just went um, May 27th to June 9th. We went to, well, we didn't go to DR, but we went to Guatemala instead. Uh, yeah. We went to a place called San Pedro, which is like, you know, my Spanish is it's all right. My Spanish is okay. But um, <laughs> honestly, when you go there and like, I've t I probably took Spanish for like seven, eight years, maybe on my life, like in school. And like, I learned so much better when you like live in the place and everyone around you only knows Spanish and that's all you can say. So my Spanish got a little better, but since I got back, it's been kind of, it's just, it's gone away. But um, yeah, the experience was definitely really good. It was like a third world country. So it's like really interesting to see, you know, what we take for granted. They don't really even have. So it's a cool experience. Like, can you actually elaborate a little bit on, you know, how your experience was? Yeah. So I actually got involved with planning the trip um, during my sophomore year. Yeah. My sophomore year. And then I ended up being chosen as like a team leader for the trip. 
And so I went to the Dominican Republic with a bunch of students from Stony Brook. There was a few from uh, UC Berkeley, and then there were some from NYU. And it was a really cool experience. I mean, I got to meet other people that were interested in dentistry, and we got to, you know, treat patients um, in the clinic. I mean, we weren't treating them ourselves, but we were assisting and uh, sterilizing and, you know, just helping run the clinic. And then we had like a little bit of time where we got to go explore Dominican Republic and, you know, immerse ourselves in the culture and everything. And um, then when I came back, I took over the lead for the whole club. So I became like the president of the club and I helped plan more trips. But unfortunately, those trips got canceled because of COVID. So that whole club was kind of on a pause. Um, but I had a great experience with VAW. Um, I definitely learned a lot. I got to see how dentistry works in another country um, and see, you know, the differences. At that point, I was already an assistant in the U.S. So I got to, you know, compare my experience in the Dominican Republic with my experience in assisting on Long Island. Um, so that was really interesting, very cool experience. And uh, that probably was one of the number one things that, you know, solidified dentistry for me. At that point, I was already going for it, but that's when I like knew myself that like this is what I was going to do. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm also an assistant, and you know, in my head, when I thought we we're going to go there, I thought we wouldn't have like the basic tools that we use like in our office right now. But there's like a lot of parallels between what we have here and what, what they used over there, so it's kind of cool. Um, and if I'd ever assisted, I feel like I wouldn't have really known that. Um, so can you talk a little bit about your own assisting experience? I know you, you mentioned that you were an ortho assistant. Yeah. So I started assisting in ortho during high school, actually. So it was my senior year of high school. And so I did that in senior year of high school. And then since I stayed home for college, I was able to assist after school and, you know, work with my college schedule. And then I did ortho for another two years. And then, so it was like three years total straight. And then I found a job at a general dentistry office. Um, so in ortho, I kind of got to assist him in, you know, placing brackets, different things like that. Eventually I got to experience, um, you know, how to take wires out and change the colors on the brackets and everything. I would take, you know, panoramic x-rays and scan for patients for Invisalign and retainers. And uh, I did a lot of lab work too. So I would actually make the retainers, which was an awesome experience that actually helps me now in dental school. Cause we, you know, do that with um, our indirect course, we had to make a, uh, um, like an Essex retainer type thing and uh, cut it in a certain way. This way we can make a temporary crown with it. Um, so that was a really, you know, helpful experience. And then when I started working in general dentistry, I, you know, assisted with everything. I assisted with root canals, um, you know, crown preps, composites, different types of things. I took x-rays, um, which definitely will be helpful in dental school. You know, a lot of my classmates that didn't get to assist, they never really learned how to do that before dental school. So it's a little tricky at, at first when you went about it. Um, so I got to do that, help take impressions. Um, I would assist with extractions, all types of things that you see in the dental dentistry office. And um, that when I started working there, that's when I, it was same, same around, around the same time that I started um, getting involved with VAW. So when I got to go to the Dominican Republic, um, you know, that was part of what solidified dentistry for me. But then on the same, you know, wavelength, I also was kind of solidifying that decision by assisting um, that if I hadn't been an assistant, I don't know that 
I would have been completely sure in my decision to go into dentistry. I learned so much. I, you know, learned how to set up for different operatories and different things. So that actually not only helped me solidify that decision, but now that I'm in dental school, I'm familiar with all the materials and I, you know, kind of have a grasp on what is used for what, what. So, um, yeah, that was the number one thing I did in undergrad was dental assisting. I recommend that to everybody that I've talked to. I mean, it, it is probably the best thing you can do as a pre-dental. Yeah. So, um, you know, Paul, can, can I ask you like, wh- where can pre-dentals, um, you know, find this information? Um, how can they apply for these dental outreach programs? You know, these valuable resources that we've, um, you know, benefited from greatly. Yeah, of course. So, um, I know volunteers around the world has chapters at a lot of different, um, colleges. So definitely look into that. Um, because that's a great opportunity that is pretty easy to get involved with. And then if your undergraduate um, program is affiliated with the dental school or there's a dental school at your college, so like Stony Brook had a dental school. So um, I was able to volunteer at their dental clinic, which I'm not sure if they do anymore after COVID, but I know that a lot of me and all my friends that were pre-dentals at the time, we did that. Um, So that was another great volunteering experience. Um, there's a lot of different things I would, you know, reach out to your pre-dental society, see if there's volunteering experiences with that. And then, um, I know there's some other organizations, I I can't think of the names. Um, but there's, they're definitely out there and you just kind of have to look for them. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned you were um, an ortho assistant. So, um, and you also did shadowing on this trip. Um, so what's the best way for pre-dentals to, you know, get those shadowing and, um, dental assisting positions and, and opportunities, um, you know, like what's the best way to go about that? So the first thing I would do is start with your actual dentist. Um, they know you more than any other dentist out there because they've been treating you. So, you know, I would express interest to them and tell them that you're interested in dentistry and that you want to learn a little bit more. Um, and then you could start shadowing them if they're not comfortable with it. You could also just reach out to other offices in your area. Um, and again, if you're school has a dental school affiliated with it, or if there's one nearby, you could also see if there's an opportunity for you to shadow at the dental school. Um, That also is a great opportunity aside from shadowing in a traditional dental office or dental setting, because you'll see how it's, what it's like to kind of be a student in dentistry. And it's a lot different than when you're actually in an office. Um, They work at a different pace. They see different types of cases. So that's definitely a good idea to start. And then what worked for me in the beginning was that my shadowing opportunity kind of turned into an assisting position. So I don't know that if, if that hadn't happened, I don't know that I would have even been able to find a dental assisting position. And, um, but they're out there. I mean, even if you just go online and look up um, opportunities and, you know, job listings for dental assisting, they're out there. And especially in New York state, you have an advantage. Um, there's no like licensure or certification required to be a dental assistant. Some offices might want you to go and take the, uh, I believe it's called the Danby, um, and then get your certification for dental assisting, but most offices don't require it. So, you know, they're, they're out there. You just have to look for them and, you know, look online, you know, build your resume. If you don't have a large resume, they might not really care all that much. You know, they know that you're interested in dentistry. They know that you have to get this exposure and it helps them. You know, it helps you that you're getting experience. Um, but it also helps them They you know, they, they need staff, especially, you know, since COVID 
a lot of dental offices are, you know, understaffed. So they're out there, they're looking for you as much as you're looking for them. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I actually shadowed my, my dentist in, in the beginning, um, you know, in the beginning, I, I was not even dental that didn't, did not care for it. I thought it was nasty, but then like once I, um, found out it was more than just cleaning teeth. Cause I had no idea. Um, I got Invisalign, which is like the first step in my dental journey. And then, um, while I was like waiting in the chair, I was like, where is she? What else is she doing right now? Like, what, what could she be doing? And then she came in and I asked her, and I was like, what, what, where have you been? Like, what, what's, what's going on? She's like, I have other appointments. I'm doing like cleanings and crowns and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is that? Like, what are these things? Cause I mean, my teeth were pretty good as a kid. I didn't really have that many problems. So I wasn't really exposed to as many, like, all these things. So I started shadowing it and it really got interested in like, you know, the hands-on aspect of dentistry and like how it's such a, it's also in your mind, but it's also like with your hands and you're like, you're very active. And I like that part. So I started shadowing her and then I really enjoyed it. And then I actually contacted my, the doctor I work with for now, I contacted, contacted him over like social media, which is like crazy. Um, and then started shadowing him. And then I started working for him eventually, you know, we're, we're cool. So he offered me a job and no like formal interview process, no resumes, no things like that. You just kind of have to pick and find your opportunities as they go. Um, there's no like formula to getting an assistant job or a shadowing job. Like, yeah, you can do it over LinkedIn, Indeed, all these random job sites. But honestly, like it's it's up to you and like how you network. Um, you know, whether that be you meet the guy at a basketball court, you meet him in the gym, you meet him at a, at a store, coffee shop. You never know. You never know who you're going to talk to and where they might be. So, you know, it's really interesting how different people can get their jobs. I know a lot of my friends have gotten jobs different ways. So that's yeah, definitely. I agree too. Like, um, and to kind of build off of what something you were saying. So like you had really no idea before that, what a dentist really did besides cleanings. Um, and I think I had a similar experience because the only experiences I had as a, a young kid was, you know, getting my cleanings and I had braces. So that's all I really knew. Um, and I was actually talking to a friend of mine about, kind of about this the other day like so they're starting um a program for speech pathology and they were talking about like their interviews and all that and and they were saying like it's so tough sometimes because some of the other people that are going that are pre-dental or in their case you know pre-speech or whatever um they have like a history like some people have a history when they're young kids of like really bad dental experiences or like you know they had to get a lot of work as a young kid so that's kind of like their story when they go for interviews which is great you know people you know have those experiences but then there's people like us who never really had that experience so when you get to the interview and they ask you why do you want to be a dentist you know it's okay to be honest and say you know I don't have some life-changing experience that made me want to be a dentist you know I found the career interesting um I explored it and I found that it was something I really liked so you know not everyone has that life-changing experience that you know makes them have a calling for dentistry you know yeah no that now that you mentioned that we had brandon on the other day i don't think he would mind me sharing his story it's not like that personal but um he said he like broke his front teeth he like went into his gum he went to the doctor and the doctor did like a magic trick for him um which kind of stuck with them and he was he didn't like like the dentist before but once he had the experience of like a doctor being friendly and doing like a magic trick in front of him it kind of sparked like Ooh, what is this? Like, what's going on here? Like, I want to do it. And now he does like magic, like for kids on the weekends while he's in high school, <laughs> which is crazy. Like when we, when we heard that story, I was like, there's just, you never know. Like there's so many things that could be the why. And, you know, some people might have the most exi- like 
exuberant wise, but you know, they're honest. Like it's, that's just you know, like how, how it happened. So. Yeah. I mean, if you have a story like that and that's the reason you're going into dentistry, like yeah. that's great. Like yeah. that, the fact that you have that ability to share that yeah. is an awesome ability, you know, when it comes to the interview, but some people don't and you know, that's okay. You can, you can have just a regular interest in dentistry and yeah. that's enough. You know, definitely. I think a lot of people like struggle with that. Like, Oh, I don't have like a crazy story to say in my personal essay. I don't know what yeah. to do, but like, I've heard even one of my other my colleagues who like just he's you know um actually you probably don't know him, but he goes to Sunbury Dental, he's a D1, he was a D1, and he just I know. Kevin Zhang, Kevin. Kevin, what? Kevin Zhang. No, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, but I think he wrote his personal narrative on or personal statement on like a book or something. Yeah, and, like tied into what like why you want to do it. So it's just like a bunch of ways to do that. Um, so now that we're on the topic of whys. Like what kind of kept you uh, like focused and like, like, like what kept your why as your motivation? how did you keep your motivation to continue dentistry like throughout undergraduate, your undergraduate years and dental school? Because I know that's something that can be mentally challenging as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I think the number one thing that I did that kept me on the track was being so heavily involved with Stony Brook Pre-Dental Society um, and, you know, building a group of you know, friends and colleagues that are also going on that path, because when you have people that you can talk to and, you know, pick their brain on, you know, what can I do to get more involved? Or um, what do you think of like this plan for the DAT? Like, or, you know, where are you at in your process? Like, you know, just like getting ideas from people on how to better build your application. Um, And, you know, people that are going through the same process as you, like they have those same, you know, points in that path where they're like, wow, I I don't think I can do this or, you know, this is going to be really hard. Like, so building a group of friends that are also going through is definitely the number one thing. And I think just getting involved in general, like the more that you get involved and you do the things that you like, the easier it is. Um, So for me, I am pretty open with everybody. Like I didn't have the best grades in undergrad. So I was never the type of person that was studying every night for a test coming up in a couple of weeks. I never did that. I still don't do that. Sometimes I wish I was that person, but I think that I, I focus a lot more on what am I enjoying? So in undergrad, I assisted maybe 20, 30 hours a week, which looking back, I don't know how I did that. I 100% could never do that in dental school. Um, but that kind of, you know, kept me like interested in the field. And when you're more interested in it, you're more willing to, you know, keep trying and putting more effort in and, um, you know, keeping your hopes up. So I think just focusing on those things. I mean, in dental school, um, with my didactic classes, I study a lot, I will be honest, but um, there are friends of mine who study way more than me and, you know, they might do better than me on those classes. But for me, I'd rather focus on the more hands-on aspects. So when I have free time, if I'm not, you know, hanging out with friends or studying or, you know, in class, a lot of times I'll go to the, the pre-clinic and I'll practice that kind of, you know, thing. So I, I think focus more on the things that you're enjoying, focus more on the things that are driving you to pursue this career and don't get too hung up on the little things that, you know, you think are so important, like, you know, statistics and your um, scores on things like those are important. Don't get me wrong, but it's not everything, you know? So you just have to pick the things you like, 
you know, focus more on those. Yeah, no, I think um, you kind of answered the question, but like, you know, keeping yourself involved in dentistry while being like in the books during school is very important. Um, you know, even, even if you're just like kind of shadowing like a day or something, um, just to kind of get your head back into it. Like, this is where I'm going to be instead of like, where am I going when you're just yeah. doing orgo all day or just doing bio all day? Um, like, I know even during the school year, I, I try to keep, uh, I work like a Friday, Saturday, which hindsight, I might change that in the future because Fridays and Saturdays are fun, but like, you know, it's whatever. But, um, you know, I worked those two days and like, it kept me, it kept my head in it, you know, and it motivated me to do better in school. So like, that's something that I do to try to keep, um, you know, keep my head in dentistry as much as I can, even if I don't have all the time in the world. Yeah. I also think like, like you just said, like Fridays and Saturdays, like, even if you need that time for free time, like you don't have to always be focusing on dentistry and your application and all this, you need to find time to do, you know, fun things. Um, Like even just finding friends that, you know, undergrad that have maybe a little bit different pathway. I mean, my two closest friends in undergrad both started medical school, you know, last week. So like they weren't doing the same thing as me, but we were at a point where like we all all needed to really focus on, you know, pre-dental or in their case, pre-med, but then we found thing, time to like do other fun things too. Like you need to make time for yourself as well. Like if you are putting 100% of your time and your mindset into your dental school application and all that, you're going to become run down and you're honestly not even, you might not even want to do it anymore. You know, you might realize this is like way too much and you can't handle it. But I think if you, you know, balance your schedule enough, it's, it's definitely attainable. Yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the obstacles you might've faced during your undergraduate career? Um, you know, even in, in the process of applying to dental school, like the, the dental school application, what, what were some, you know, maybe some major hurdles you had to face and overcome? Um, yeah. So this is one thing I'm also very open about. I took the DAT twice. So um, I did not, you know, focus enough on that the first time around. The first time I did, I went, it was the summer that I went on that trip to Dominican Republic I was working like full time over the summer at the dental office and then studying for the DAT at the same time. So I think that, um, you know, looking back so that I didn't have to take it twice, I would have the first time, you know, maybe stopped working for a month or two um, or, you know, decreased my hours and really just focus solely on the DAT. Um, I think that when you put, you know, all your time into the DAT specifically, you are like bound to do well. Um, And then that definitely reflected in my scores when I took it the second time. I think my like first time I got like an 18 overall and then the second time I had a 21. So um, that definitely was uh, something that I struggled with. Um, My GPA in general, I had like around a three, four or something like that. So um, that was definitely something that I struggled with during the application cycle. And it's mentally draining too. I mean, you hear all these stories of people getting to dental school that have a three, eight or higher, or they have a four Oh. Um, and then you also like, even if you're talking to like a friend and they're like, Oh, my GPA is not good. At, like anyways. And then you later find out they have like a three, eight and then like, are, are they serious? Are they really complaining right now? So that's, I think that that, that's, that's how <laughs> yeah. It, so just, um, I think, you know, my scores were something that I struggled with a little bit. Um, 
that that was probably the biggest obstacle for me. I mean, I, I was very involved in a lot of different things and I had plenty of experience in dentistry. So that I was pretty confident when I was going into the application, but definitely my scores. That was, that was the toughest part. Yeah. So you mentioned your application already. Um, so, you know, scores, whatever has a thing, but it seems like your extracurriculars and, you know, what you do outside of dentistry, outside of school and academics is like what the dental, what Buffalo kind of really saw in you. Um, so how did you approach like which schools to apply to? And like, um, did you like research the schools like a lot before you went? And like, did you kind of check out the atmosphere before you decided? Yeah. So um, as a Stony Brook undergrad, I was like really familiar with the dental school at Stony Brook. Um, so I definitely knew I was going to apply there. I applied to Buffalo as well because it's in-state tuition. Um, and it also is just a very well-known dental school. It's like number eight in the country or something like that. Um, so like I knew I was going to apply to both those. I applied to Toro and yeah, those were the three in New York that I applied to. I knew I didn't want to live in the city. Um, it was too expensive for me. So I, I didn't, I ruled that out. Um, in my head, I kind of figured if I don't get in the first time I'd rather, but I was, you know, had to go to the city and, you know, live for so expensively. Um, I would rather just like reapply. So I just didn't even bother applying there. I applied to the three schools in Florida. I have a lot of family down there. My parents are down there half the time. So that was something that, um, was drawing me towards there possibly. And then I applied to like a few in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was one of my favorite interviews. I'll say that. Um, I think Buffalo and Pittsburgh were my two favorite interviews. Um, so, you know, that's a great school. Um, I stuck to the East coast pretty much though. That's really where I stuck to. Yeah. So can you, uh, you know, talk a little bit about your interview experience and, you know, what really stuck out to you at those two schools? Yeah. So, um, I think that for my interview experience, I applied to like 11 schools maybe, and I interviewed at like four or five, I want to say. Um, but what I think sticks out when you're going into an interview, not only are they interviewing you for the position, but you're there to learn more about their school as well. So I think having, when you're in the interview, if they're portraying themselves as like, you know, you know, just like genuine people, that is a great sign. Um, my Buffalo interview was very conversational. It wasn't all about dentistry. It was about, you know, who I am outside of dentistry and, you know, um, what my interests are. And I think that that makes the interview a little bit easier, a little bit more relaxed. Um, so that's one thing that stood out to me. I think, you know, asking them about outreach was a big thing for me because I knew that that was something I wanted to do. Um, I did it in undergrad. I did it a little bit in high school. And um, now I'm part of the outreach organization at my school now. So I think that that was something that, you know, I really wanted to make sure that they were big in, um, which Buffalo is huge in outreach. They're, they send out like a email once a month to the whole student body of like several things per week and you can sign up and then they narrow it down, you know, based on how involved you've been. Um, so that was another thing that I really focused on and clinical experience, obviously. So that was another thing that, you really want to learn more about, you know, when are you going to start in clinic? When are you, um, like, what are the requirement systems? Like, do you have to, you know, reach a certain quota of each procedure and all that? So, you know, asking those important questions 
and learning more about them. Uh, don't really treat it as you're supposed to sit there and get grilled, like make it conversational and you'll, you'll have a great experience as long as they're conversational as well. <laughs> yeah. I think like, it's kind of like a luck of the draw, like who your interviewer is. Yeah. Um, did you have any that were like very stern and kind of not conversational? Um, let me think. Buffalo and Stony Brook were very conversational. Yeah. Um, I want to say the I interviewed at two of the schools in Florida. One of them very conversational. The other one not so much. Um, it it really depends. I, I it might not even be the school honestly. It, it could be just the person that you in, that interviews you. You know. Um, I think people at, you know, everyone has a different experience. When I applied to Buffalo and I interviewed at Buffalo, I was told be prepared with ethical questions. Like they are very heavy on asking questions about ethics. And while some of my classmates had that experience, I maybe got one ethical question during their interview. Other than that, it was like totally conversational and relaxed. Yeah. So now you've chosen Buffalo. Um, how do you feel going into like dental school? Did you feel like anxious, nervous, excited? Did you have like imposter syndrome when you first got there? Like how was the, how was the, how were the vibes when you first like started? Um, when I was coming in, I was more excited. I wasn't very stressed out. Um, and then I became very stressed out <laughs> once you start it, it, it finds its way to you. Um, but going into it, I was pretty relaxed. I was more just excited. And, you know, like you see all these dental students on Instagram or, you know, I had friends that were dental students before me and you see what they're doing and you just get so excited about you know having that opportunity um, until it starts. And, you know, then you're stressed out and you're like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah. And I see those Instagram uh, dental students all the time. And I, I really, I think about like, what, what is the actual reality, you know, of a D1, D2, D3, D4 student, um, so can you kind of walk us through like a day in the life of a D2, maybe D1, um, you know, what you do on a weekday, on a weekend, uh, you know, step by step throughout the day? Yeah. So um, my first semester, I probably I had classes maybe on average. It was different every day, but maybe let's say eight to four each day. Um, so I took gross anatomy, biochemistry, histology. Uh, um, I took dental anatomy. Um, there was like an intro course and then there was like a preclinic basal basic skills class where like we, you know, just kind of learned how to use the drill. We weren't even doing preparations or anything yet. Um, and then our second semester we took direct. So that is learning how to do composites and amalgams. And then we took microbiology, physiology, uh, occlusion. So learning how the, um, like how teeth bite together and, you know, how teeth match up and all that. Um, and how that also, you know, plays a role in your jaw and, um, all that. And then we took a course on, I don't even remember. There were so many of them, but we, oh, radiology, we took radiology course. So there was a lot of courses that we took our second semester. And then we started our second year classes this past summer. So we took um, indirect, which is crowns, um, you know, crown preparation. So we started that over the summer and that's going to continue into the fall this semester. And then we took a um, course on nutrition and then we took a perio course. So 
uh, we kind of got to practice doing like scaling and group planning on each other and practice profies and all that. So that um, was our whole like, you know, first year kind of our second year started, you know, before our first full year ended. But um, I think the, the daily life of a D1 is kind of like you go to class, you come home, eat something real quick, study. And then um, in the second semester, you had to not only do all that, but you also had to find time to go and practice, you know, drilling and doing preparation. So, um, but you, you definitely learn how to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you fall into a rhythm and you figure out a way to just get it done. And while like the first week or two, it's like very hectic. Um, you figure out what you need to spend more time in. You figure out, you know, how soon before a test do I need to start preparing for it? And you definitely get very used to going into an exam and feeling like, you know, absolutely nothing. So that, that, uh, is definitely something that's very eye opening, especially for a lot of us who would go into tests in undergrad and, you know, hopefully know as much as we could. Now I go into tests sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know what, what are we even taking this test on? You know, so you, you figure that out and, uh, you make it work. You, you just figure out your rhythm. Yeah. So how do you manage, how do you, how do you, how are you able to balance like, you know, your social life along with dental school, as well as the other hobbies that you might have? Um, I will tell you, I definitely balance it and I definitely do enjoy myself. Um, you know, some weekends we don't have time to, you know, go out or do anything. Um, so you're in the study room of the library all weekend, but when, you know, we get done with a big week of tests, we are out and about enjoying ourselves. Um, there's a lot to do in Buffalo, especially during football season. Um, the Bills is a, a huge thing up here. So Bills games are a lot of fun. Um, I went to, you know, one or two of those, I think, you know, tailgates for that. Um, there's a lot of really cool restaurants and bars in Buffalo. Um, Niagara Falls is 20 minutes away. So you find, you know, you find time. And um, again, like what I said during under, like I talked about earlier, when we were talking about undergrad. Um, I think it's so important to make time for yourself and um, enjoy things that you like doing and, you know, kind of step away from dentistry here and there or else you're going to burn out and, you know, you're going to be very miserable. So um, it, it's definitely a very important thing to me is balancing. I totally forgot that the bills are in Buffalo. Um, I have Stefan yeah. Diggs on my fantasy team. So like, you know, <laughs> gotta do great things next year or else I'm losing 30 bucks. So, yeah. No. But, um, <laughs> so you're kind of debunking some popular myths about Buffalo here. Like, you know, cause I, I always hear, you know, I could have gone to Buffalo for undergrad, but obviously it's Joe Sonnybrook. Um, like how is like the weather? Is it as bad as they say it is? And like, is it in the middle, is Buffalo in the middle of nowhere? Like, is it actually like that over there? It depends who you ask. I have friends that are from the South, like Florida and the Carolinas, and they think it is so bad up here. But then there's someone like me, like, I, I really don't think it's that different from Long yeah. Island. Um, you guys are both from Long Island as well. So like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not terribly different. It snows most days I'll say, but it's not accumulating to feet of snow. Yeah. Um, you know, when I came up here, I had this idea that I was going to like walk out of my apartment building and I wouldn't be able to get out the door. Like people tell you about the tunnel systems. I've never even seen the tunnel. So I don't even know if it's really there. So like, I mean, it people overhype the weather. It, it gets cold. Um, but I don't think it's too different from where we're from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I just have to know just cause like, 
I don't know. I have, I have some family that lives up there, and, like, they say it's good, but I have no idea. And yeah. the long drives, so like, you know, maybe. I mean, that's another thing. Like, I thought it was so far, such a long drive. Like, I, I, I personally enjoy the drive. Like, I, I did it this morning. Actually, I came back this morning because um, I had to move into my new apartment. And um, I, I left at, like, 6 a.m. I got back here at, like, 1.30. So it wasn't terrible. Right. So I just want to go back to the coursework in um, dental school. So how, how like comparable is it towards coursework in undergrad? Like, is it, you know, I've heard like a lot of, even like med students say and dental students say that like, it's kind of easier just because you're only, it's not like focused on crazy places. It's just kind of, this is like what you're doing and you have a lot of time to do it. So how, you know, what is your opinion on that stuff? Um, I think that it's not, not, it's not necessarily harder. I'll agree on that. It's not harder material than what you are doing in undergrad. I think that a lot of it is similar and that like you'll recall things that you learned in undergrad and it helps you learn it quicker. Um, and I think another part of it is that it's related to what you're doing in somehow, you know, I mean, I won't lie. Like there's some classes like biochemistry that we would do a whole lecture on something. And then the last two slides would be how it's related to dentistry. So like some classes, it's not really, but, um, I think overall, like it's the material itself is not harder, but there's more of it. So, you know, I'll have like for each exam, maybe three or 400 slides sometimes that I have to look over for the exam. Um, and each slide is usually packed with information. So it, it's definitely a lot more workload, but it's not necessarily harder. Cool. So, um, yeah, I just want to ask like how, you know, about Buffalo, about the dental school itself, um, you know, what, how is the relationship between, you know, the faculty and the students, um, you know, do you feel like you're getting adequate help um, throughout your classes? Do you feel like they prepare you enough for exams? Um, you know, are there, are, how, how helpful are the resources that they have there, um, you know, and do you feel like Buffalo is putting you in the best position to succeed? Yeah, so um, definitely the student body, like, is awesome. I mean, we have, like, a big little system where, um, you have a big and, and in the year above you and they kind of help guide you throughout your first year. Um, I mean, really through all your first three years, because you have them throughout all dental school to refer to. Um, and not only that, but like, I'm friends with a lot of people the year above me. And, you know, like you become friends with people in other classes and it, everyone's very helpful. No one's really out there to get you or, you know, hurt your grades or anything. Everyone's, you know, there to help each other. Um, and when it comes to the faculty, um, same thing, faculty for the most part are there to help you. Um, but the curriculum itself is designed, at least for the preclinical, um, to kind of simulate what the ADEX exam is. So when you graduate dental school, I believe it's 48 out of the 50 states require you to take an ADEX exam. Um, so when you take the ADEX exam, you have to do like a, a specific type of restoration on a tooth or um, specific procedures that are like textbook almost. And um, the, what happens with that is our preclinical practicals and competencies and everything are those same preparations that we um, might see on the ADEX exam. So um, New York state actually does not require the ADEX exam. If you want to practice in New York state, 
but they do require that you do a year of residency, um, at least for general dentistry. If you want to specialize, it's a little different. Um, but I think the school definitely prepares you very, very well for, you know, dentistry. I mean, I haven't gotten to do any procedures yet on patients, so I don't know um, how it translates from preclinical to clinical. I can't really tell you much about that. Um, but I have seen the students in the clinic and assisted them and shadowed them, the uh, upperclassmen. So I've seen that, you know, they all feel pretty, you know, good when they're doing a procedure. Obviously, they're dental students, so they need help from faculty here and there. Um, and they need to ask questions and, you know, they might need assistance on certain things. But overall, I think they definitely really um, prepare you well. And, you know, dentists that I've shadowed and assisted and spoken to, have told me um, a lot of them, you know, work in a residency program and they've told me that the best, some of the best residents come from Buffalo. So um, I, I, I like the school a lot. I think it, you know, really prepares me well. What's and the, we are already like, you know, our first year, we were already doing rotations in different clinics mm -hmm. and um, we were already um, assisting upperclassmen and getting that experience. And then this semester, well, this past summer, we um, started, you know, practicing on each other, doing profies and all that. And then I believe we are getting our first patient this um, in like the next month or two um, to do a profi on. So, yeah, so it's definitely very early clinical, you know, curriculum. Mm. And um, I was just curious, like, what is the what is the class size again for Buffalo? Uh, 95. 95. Yeah, there's 95 per class. So I know that Buffalo just, they just renovated like their entire facility, like recently, right? All their things, like where the entire campus. Yeah. I want to say maybe within the last five years, they, they did renovations in the pre-clinic. So our pre-clinic is one of the nicest ones I've seen, you know, during in interviews and all that. Um, it is like, we have like electric hand pieces. We have um, like mannequins that are fairly new. Um, the facility itself itself is just really nice looking. We have like a really good wet lab. Um, they are currently redoing, we have in our, for our actual clinics, there's three floors and I believe they're redoing one of them right now. Um, and then all, for the most part, all the operatories in all three clinics all have um, like new seats and new like equipment and everything. Um, the only thing that they still have to replace that is in the plans is, um, the countertops and all that. So um, yeah, they've put a lot of money into it. I know that they plan on building or they might've already started building a special needs clinic, which has like a lot of really cool things. I think one of the things they have is a platform that like, like a patient in a wheelchair could be wheeled onto the platform and then the platform tilts back. This way the patient doesn't have to be like lifted out of their wheelchair and they could sit in their wheelchair during the procedure or whatever they're there for. Um, so they have a lot of plans to do redo things. They've started a bunch of things already, um, but it obviously takes time and, you know, it, it's not something that just happens super quick, but the pre-clinic is very nice. Definitely. And that's where I spend most of my time, especially this coming year. I'm going to be there all the time. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to look out for those Instagram pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, you know, you talked about the, the class has like a 95. So um the faculty student ratio, like, is it, do you, do you find it like there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention given to you guys? Um, I, not necessarily like one-on-one, -on -one, but well, yeah. So we're separated in the preclinic into pods. So um, I'm at pod E. So there's 
me and I want to say maybe five others in my pod, four or five others. And we're like, like in a circle kind of, um, and we are assigned a faculty member for each class. So they're sticking with us. And if we have questions, so maybe it's like one faculty member to like five or six students, maybe something like that. Um, but if you have questions, you, you know, there's always someone there to answer your question give you help. Um, and then usually on top of that, whoever the main professor is for the course will be at the front of the room. So you can go get feedback from them too. Sounds good. So like, looks like Buffalo is really just, you know, uh, there to help you reach your goals rather than, you know, like being the way of them. So, um, so Paul, like what, what, what are your own personal goals that you have, you know, for the next year, maybe a couple of years, um, even after dental school? Um, so I think my number one goal is to just improve my hand skills. Um, it's something that, you know, it doesn't necessarily come perfectly easy to me. Um, some of my classmates pick it up very, very quickly. Um, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. And um, so that's something that I want to improve on. And um, really just like learning more, you know, maybe learning more about different specialties. But for me personally, I think I'm, I'm probably going to go into general dentistry. So it's not that important to me to, you know, get my applicate, get my whole application ready for residencies and stuff. I mean, it's definitely important to, you know, keep your grades up and all that, but um, I'm not really somebody interested in research or anything like that. So um, really just, you know, focusing on my hand skills, that's probably the main thing. So kind of like building on that, um, the work, what like personal qualities and skills you think you've developed, um, you know, throughout undergrad in the past year in dental school? Um, that you're going to utilize once you're actually a dentist, like once you're, you know, graduate dental school and you're, you're, you're working in a practice. I think um, the number one thing that I was able to do during undergrad that helps me now is just balancing a lot of different things. So I was, you know, working like 20, 30 hours a week, a lot of times um, during, while taking like a full load of courses in undergrad, um, I was involved in like different clubs and things. So um just like being able to handle a lot, organizing that, like, you know, having your schedule all planned out. Um, because now that I'm in dental school, it's not, not that it's easy for me to handle everything and manage all my classes and uh, all that. But I think that I'm better able to, you know, take in my workload and, you know, prioritize what I need to do now and, you know, plan out my, my schedule for like the week and all that. So, um, that was probably the most helpful thing that, yeah. That's great. That sounds good. So, you know, just before we wrap it up here, what are, what is some major advice you can give pre-dentals, um, you know, to kind of aid them on their own journeys as they navigate this complicated and sometimes intriguing pre-dental process? Um, I think the number one advice I'd give you is do not compare yourself to other applicants and your friends um everybody's application is completely different um you know there sure there's people out there that may have a 4.0 and you know a, what is the dat the top you can get is a 30 right yeah so a 30 dat and a 4.0 and involved in everything and dental assisted do that all this stuff um but that doesn't necessarily reflect on your application yours is totally separate um i like I said earlier, I think it's very important to have friends that are really, you know, involved in the same things as you and, you know, pursuing dentistry as well, but don't all, don't let that intimidate you as well. Um, you know, I had friends that had, you know, a three, seven GPA and they had a great DAT score and I, 
I got more views than them. So it, it really, it really depends on your application. Sometimes, you know, for example, say you and Siraj both interviewed at the same place, you had the same statistics, everything was exactly the same, but say there was something about you that really stood out to that interviewer, you know, they might, you know, put you in a different pile because there was one single thing that stood out to you, stood out to them about you, you know, and that could be based on them or it could be based on you. I mean, so everyone's different. And um, I think that just keeping your head high and, you know, focusing on the long goal, don't get caught up in all the little details um, is really important. You know, that's great advice. Honestly, like pers- personally, I, I um, do that a lot, you know, where I, I would get lost in it and start comparing myself to other people. Um, even though, you know, like at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're all doing enough to get to where we want to go. And, you know, all of our own experiences are unique in their own right. So comparing each other is not going to do anything. And, um, you know, when you feel like you're not doing a lot, you're doing a lot. Like you got to trust yourself and you got to know that you're doing a lot. So that's awesome. So how could other pre-dentals, um, you know, reach out to you in case they have any other questions related to the entire process? Um, you know, find me on Instagram. I'm sure you guys will be posting something or whatever. So you could find me there too. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm always here to help anybody or if anybody has questions, just let me know. Awesome, for sure. So that concludes our episode of the Dose of Dental Podcast. Thank you, Paul, for joining me and sharing your experience as a D1 slash D2. Um, your insight was definitely valuable, and we hope that it'll be the same for pre-dental listeners. Everyone, please feel free to reach out to Paul at his socials if you have any further questions. Lastly, we thank everyone for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Spotify, and we'll see you next time for another Dose of Dental Knowledge. Yeah.